podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Video podcasting to you from a field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey. And this is Mall Beyond the Spot, your weekly chance, thanks to Anfield Index Pro, to hear the wit and wisdom of Liverpool and Denmark legend Jan Molby as we talk about Liverpool Football Club. So let's begin it once more. Good evening, Jan. Good evening, Trevor. I was going to ask if you were well, but I think that's pointless, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've purposely <laughs> angled my camera so that I can look away because I am sad, Jan. I'm feeling a bit sad, a uh, bit down. Uh, I'm looking forward to this as ever to see if we can come up with something uh, positive um, because it, it, it's few and far between the positivity at the moment for me. And that's weird because I tend to be upbeat. Look, we can't delay it any further. Let's start by talking about what happened at the weekend. Um, we were, or sorry, Monday night. We were forced to wait uh, till the very end Um to watch the Reds uh, and when we finally got that chance there's I suppose there are various polite ways of putting it but it was a bit of a shit show Jan, in so many ways very disappointing in so many ways and I'm just curious to get a general take from you first about why you think that was why was it we seemed to be so far off the mark and how was a team that was in apparent disarray able to do that to us um, what was your take? Yeah, it's 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 quite incredible, isn't it? Uh, I mean, we we had the first game against Fulham, and, and we we discussed that. And I was I was surprised how we played against Fulham for as long as we did. Uh, but I also think that prior to the Manchester United game, we we made a case that actually we could have won both games. Henderson hits the, the bar in the last minute, and Fulham, and really Fulham, we, we uh, sorry Palace, we were probably the better team. Then you're going into playing against Manchester United, who just didn't look like they had any idea, didn't know how they wanted to play. Uh, and then we, we simply helped them. I mean, our starting lineup, yes, we got a lot of injuries, but there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that the starting lineup with, with Henderson and, and Milner in midfield is one to get guaranteed intensity into our play, uh, make it uncomfortable for Manchester United, because if there's one thing we can, we can sort of label at them is that they don't run the required yards, uh, but they certainly did against us. Uh, and how poorly it started yet again. I have to be honest, I was in Denmark in the studio and we were discussing before the game. You know, if, if you already now have to look at something that might go wrong for Liverpool, you instantly look at that right side defending with Trent and Joe Gomez. You just felt that, you know, even with, an out-of-form Rashford and Ilanga playing on left, you still thought that 
they, they would get their chances. And that's exactly how it turned out. I think it's almost impossible to exactly put your finger on what is wrong. You know, some people are saying that they've seen this coming for the, for a long time. And, you know, we've failed to prepare. Um, we haven't bought the required uh, replacements in midfield. Uh, I, I, I don't know where I'm at with it at the moment, Trevor. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not convinced either that it's something that we change like that. You know, I think this is going to take a lot of work before we get back to. And, and all we want to do is get back to what we're used to seeing, isn't it? I don't want any medal because I just want to get back to what I'm used to seeing from this group of players. And uh, I think it might be a while. We, 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 we got some issues. And it's not just the players that always have some issues. It's almost as if everybody's involved now, aren't they? You know, everybody's catching a bit of it. Uh, so there isn't actually anyone who's standing up and going, listen, I'll see us through this. You know, you've kind of put your finger on one of my worst fears here as well. And I wonder, we might just pull it apart a bit while you said what you said there, because that's, that is my worst fear is that this isn't a blip, that it could be some sort of transition, especially if we don't go and make signings you know what even if we do there's no guarantee they settle in straight away anyway so i wonder why you're getting that feeling because the one refrain that we've had in this show uh man you and i for the this is the fifth season we've been doing it is that you can trust this lot you know what you're going to get from them in for the most part uh and i know there'll be a lot of real positivity merchants who'll be saying i mean you know don't don't throw the baby out of the bath water don't get too panicky it's it's dirty days and it's it's crazy to be talking about uh crisis or whatever uh, i don't think it's too crazy to be talking about it. and my gut feeling is that it might last a while the reason for that i feel is because it just the, there's something feels a bit off and i don't know i don't know if we're equipped to address it and i do think it comes down to that area of the park um and i think that's why we're not equipped to address it and i wonder you know, it's even just a bad look of of the Nunes thing um, happening when it happened. For those reasons, I feel like we might be just in a bit of a slump. And I'm not confident we'll break out of it. But I wonder, do you have a more kind of scientific or more experiential from your own past? What, why do you think it is that, is, it, is this just one of those things that kind of takes a hold of a team? Is that where you're going with this? Well, it looks that way, doesn't it? It doesn't look like those anyone things. is, it doesn't like, look like anyone is escaping it. Uh, I mean, I played in, in teams where we, we didn't play particularly well uh, over a period. And that can be a period during a game or a period over a few weeks. But you always had your shining lights, didn't you? You always had your men that stood up. And it wasn't always the same ones. But you always had the ones who stood up and were still playing well and was playing through it. And they were the ones who gave you hope. Uh, and, that, and that's where you're looking here now and you think, well, OK, worst case scenario, if some things go wrong, who can we rely on? And I'm looking and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not about to jump all over Virgil van Dijk, but this is the worst period he's had uh, as, as a Liverpool player. Is that to do with the fact that he came back last season after a long layoff, played an awful lot of games, I believe he started 51 games. Are, are we paying some kind of a price, Trevor? There's always a price to be paid, isn't it? In, in, in whatever industry you're in, there's a price to be paid, isn't it? Have we took all these players to the well once too often? Um, I mean, I, I think it's too early for us to declare a win in the crisis, isn't it? But 
we're in a situation where we've got to, our first step is to work hard to avoid a crisis, you know, uh, and how do we do that? The only positive I've got right now for you, Trevor, is that if you could handpick a fixture, it would be Bournemouth. That's my positive. Beyond that, I think we've got to take it all step by step. Well, I look forward in the second half of the show to working out why it is you say that about the Bournemouth fixture. Um, we can maybe work that into our uh, look at that game towards the end. To focus on the game that we just had, I, I think you're right. And I think after the previous two games, we sort of felt a little bit unfortunate in both. Um, the way things went, they could easily have been wins, um, whether they would have been two deserved wins. I think one would have been a deserved win. But it was just so shocking all round against United that, um, you know, I, 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 it's 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 stunning, isn't it, that you we find ourselves having a chat where you're saying Virgil's not great, is he, at the moment? Uh, and, 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 you know, the obvious deficiencies we can see in the middle of the park and we don't clearly have la- enough lads getting the ball over the line at the far end either. So <laughs> in terms of the, the performance that we saw on Monday night, can you explain to me how it happens that a team that is famed for pressing, that is famed for its high energy and that has been traditionally incredibly fast starters, one of our, I think it's one of the reasons why we don't go behind in games over the years. How can that just go away to the extent that it really seemed to disappear completely? There was periods of the previous two games where we weren't quite at it, but we weren't at it at all. Um, How can that happen to a team that it can just fall apart like that in terms of the basics that it's renowned for it's not like there's been a massive chase and uh, change in personnel there's a huge amount of continuity there so how do, how do you explain that from, from back to front that we can have that sort of a falling off in terms of performance and effort even yeah and even effort uh and and that's the big surprise isn't it i think we discussed it on this show maybe a few years ago trevor where we were wondering whether liverpool actually spent a lot of time getting ready and starting games because we were so good at it, weren't we? You know, that first mm. bit of pressure often decides games. And that was the last thing I said on, on Monday uh, as kick-off approach. I said, what United have to do is that they have to withstand that first bit of early pressure from Liverpool. Well, that first bit of pressure from Liverpool never came, did it? So it's either one or two things. It's the fact that we can't get there anymore uh, because of our legs. We simply can't get there anymore to do what we do. And if that's the case, then we have to change the way that we play, which we know the year will be very reluctant to do. Or secondly, of course, there is a way of playing against a high press. And could we also be a landed in that where we go? Our high press, because our high press, Trevor, I've tried on a number of occasions to sort of analyze our high press or whatever. And, and, and there is some things that go again and again and again. And I just wonder whether the opposition have looked and gone, listen, these are Liverpool's triggers. This is when they go and press. And this is, they, they then press with these guys. And then you find space and weaknesses. Where, where, where are Liverpool weak when this triggers them to close down and, and they employ six guys in the press? Where is their weakness then? And could that be a possibility that the clubs are starting to look at 
you know, Liverpool will have a weakness and we've always been very good at stopping the opposition getting to our weakness. But we may be not quite capable of stopping them to get to our weakness because we're having players that are being exposed. And that that's not just in our back four. We also have midfield players that are being exposed. And could it just be that the opposition have gone, listen, this is what we have to do. We have to be brave uh, to, to get through that. It's not a case of getting through that just getting through that press, it's actually getting to where we can really hurt Liverpool. And isn't that what we're seeing more and more and more? You know, we're seeing, we're seeing the, I guess, the, the pass for the penalty against Fulham, the pass for the goal against, uh, against Crystal Palace, and the same for the, for the Manchester United goal. Are we sort of seeing the same picture, Trevor? I, I think we are seeing the sort of same little picture, aren't we? You know, we, they, they, they sort of take responsibility and they, 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 they dribble past our, our, our press and then we're in trouble, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you would have been, you would have done a few podcasts since Monday, Trevor, and you'd, you'd, you'd have talked this to death, isn't it? Uh, and we will all have our own opinions and some will be less worried than others. Uh, and some will say it's not to worry about, we, we, we'll soon be back to. I can't guarantee this one, Trevor. I don't know. I don't know where we go next. Yeah, I have exactly the same feelings. And again, it's it's for me, it's it's not as I wasn't as clarified as you've gone through there. It's a bit woolier, my thought process on it. But it's funny you mentioned the legs thing because that's kind of what I wanted to do. Maybe just to have a look at a few individual performances. Now, Trent was getting dogs abuse after the game. Um, predictably enough. Uh, there's also a few people who are quick to go there uh, when it comes to uh, any chance of, of criticising that lot. Um, and I found it very interesting that that was where an awful lot of the attention was being placed on Trent and on Virgil. Um, considering how many times they've sort of pulled us through games or, or won points for us individually themselves almost, uh, I thought it was strange. Um, but with neither player, there's a, a situation where you would imagine where there's any issue around their mobility changing. Um, with the other two defenders as well, you'd like to think that's not an issue. In the midfield, you could certainly say that the performances by the two more veteran players were incredibly poor on the night in terms of not being productive. I don't think there's a lack. There's never a lack of effort. That's not a thing. It's just what are they doing? So that's two players straight away in Henderson and Milner where you could say they maybe aren't first teamers. Um, but we have an injury situation. You have to do something about that. But um, what about the, at, at the far end of the pitch? Are we seeing, have we witnessed a situation where, you know, you can almost, you know far better than I will. You've probably been on the pitch watching it happen to fellas where maybe they they need to change completely as a player. Is that what's happening with Bobby Firmino? Because you could count on the fingers of about two fingers the amount of times he did typical Bobby things. Uh, he's never the quickest, but that high intensity of his work rate is hugely important to us. Now, I haven't seen stats. I'm only going by the eye test, but he just didn't seem to be himself either. So I think if you've got issues of some sort at the back, if you've got a midfield that isn't functional and you've got the leader of your line not doing what they're doing, it's probably not then rocket science to work out what's going on and how do you address that in the next game before we get Nunes back 
and are we, you know, before Jota rolls back into the mix. Um, talk to me a little bit about Bobby Firmino and how you see him evolving as a Liverpool player if you, if you see him evolving as a Liverpool player. Well, obviously the biggest problem he's got, the biggest challenge he's got is the way that we play. Yeah. And that's been exactly his, his, his strength over the years is that he's been absolutely perfect in the way that we play with his press, uh, but also the way that we could trust him with, with, with the ball, dropping deep, creating space for our wide attackers to run into. He's been incredible at that. Uh, and you, you mentioned before, I've seen it happen to players on the pitch. I, I would even say it happened to me. I had a certain way of playing, uh, a few injuries, and I, I, I think maybe I just got there in time. And, and realise that at this level, and that's what we're talking about, Bobby. We're talking about a Premier League team who are capable of getting 95 points, capable of winning the Champions League. That's the level we're talking. So any drop off in form is 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 not good, is it? So I think Bobby's at a situation now where he can only run with it when we're in good form. I don't think he can affect anything when we're not in good form. Uh, so if we're in good form and say in three months' time or whatever, and he can sort of come into the team and run with it, but right now I do feel very much that he's the wrong option. Uh, he was poor against Fulham, which he kind of made excuses for first game of the season, and I thought Old Trafford would shoot him, drop him deep and link and play, uh, and whatever they didn't. Uh, had he played any further from from United's goal, he he would have been in our goal, you know, and that's also a sign sometimes, Trevor, isn't it that? Where, where you're prepared to play, where you're brave enough to play. You know, do you play where you earn your money or do you find somewhere where it's a bit more comfortable, isn't it? So, so I think Bobby's, I think Bobby's struggling. They won't ever take anything away from his, from his, uh, legendary status at Anfield. But, but, but right now, he doesn't solve any problems for us. So do you find yourself sympathetic towards people who are saying, you know, um, it's, just really bad luck. It's again back to clock with the witch in the building. Um, we have a lot of injuries, uh, and we have a couple of people just not performing to their very heights, and it's all happening at the same time. And the, the be patient, it'll come right, um, um, sort of, of, of mindset. I imagine that's where they lean into, you know, um, uh, and I just want to pull a counterpoint to it so to, to get the full picture from you. Whereas I have to be honest, I, I don't see a situation where things improve really much in terms of the output we get from Jordan Henderson or James Milner, um, both of whom can do individual jobs for us um, on their day, uh, both of whom I think would be probably best used now as that kind of, you know, occasional performance or a half here or for 20 minutes there. And with the likes of Thiago injured and no time frame in that really, I, I, I understand why people are, are throwing toys out the pram. I don't like the crying aspect of it, but I really do understand why things have changed uh, between when we spoke last week and when we're speaking now, where we're both kind of pragmatically going, look, what are they going to do? They, this, this is not how Liverpool operate. But do you see the frustration that's grown in people and understand it when that doesn't really wash as an answer? If we have an emergency, maybe sometimes we have to break our strategy. Do you see any merit in that or, or is it just panic? Well, I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of both. Um, 
No, no, no. I see a lot of merit in that, Trevor. I think we've been very fortunate. You mentioned before this is our fifth season, and we've never ever had to 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 look too deep into problems, because no. the problems we've had, we've very quickly solved, haven't we? And I'm talking about every now and again you have about 45 minutes where you put it right and you win the game. Uh, you might drop the odd points, but then the next six you win. So we've never had to. We've never really had to take any notice of what people are saying, because like that we dealt with our problems, isn't it? So you're talking about injuries. We are unlucky with injuries, but if you look at the injuries and the people that are injured, when we have injuries, is it always the same people? It probably is. Yeah. So instantly, then you see, well, is that a problem? Yeah, of course it's a problem. If you, if you if the same people are always picking up injuries, I'm not talking about every fortnight, but I'm talking about when we're having injuries, we kind of know who it is. When we're having people who are performing below par on the pitch. It's more or less always the same people. Mm. When we talk about people who are making individual errors, I'm not talking about playing necessarily bad or whatever, I'm talking about making individual errors, uh, which is from every footballer has done. But repeat offenders, is it, is it, are we always kind of looking in the same direction? So there is a trend starting, I think, that absolutely 100% that club is, is, is all over this, isn't it? That he's aware of, of these problems, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, very unlucky with injuries. But I, th- I think if you if you look into the injuries and go, you know, as well as shots has done, but let's just think over the last six eight months, picks up little niggles, doesn't he? He's come back and he's done well, isn't? But he, he's never had to carry. But now we need him. Thiago, we know only plays so many games, isn't? But now we need him, you know, mm. and we need him because Milner and Henderson can't do it. They certainly can't do it without him, you know. So. It kind of magnifies the problems that we've got, isn't it? Uh, and that's why I fully understand people who are now disappointed. I don't think as many people like deeply unhappy. You know what I mean? I think I still think there's a lot of credit in the bank uh, for everybody, and with that, I include the owners from a lot of people, isn't it? But there is questions being asked, isn't it? And this thing about have we got money? Have we not got money? If we haven't got any money, why haven't we got any money? Uh, you know, you know, we're always there at the forefront. You know, when, when the checks are being sent out from whether it's the Premier League or whether it's from UEFA or whatever, ours is one of the biggest, isn't it? You know what I mean? And we've always sold players well and whatever. So it is, it is a fair, fair point, isn't it? Uh, so all those things will be discussed because, as I said before, there's a trend, you know, and it can be difficult to defend, you know. Are we picking up a lot of injuries? Yeah, we are, yeah. But is it more or less the same people? Yeah, I guess it is. So it is a problem, Trevor. And, uh, it's, it took us a while before we reached this level, so isn't we've, we've had to sort of, we've always gone, yeah, okay, so Thiago is not playing. We cope, Cater plays, it's not a big, we play different, but he, he solves the problem, isn't with the front three and Sadio Manage. You remember we said, Trevor, I said, I think, I said, we're losing a major contender for Ballon d'Or, but it doesn't appear that it's going to trouble us. And that was our feeling at the time, wasn't it? He goes with our blessings. If he wants another challenge, fine. But we got, at that time, we have Diaz and, and, and now we got Nunez and whatever. And we thought, we can cope, isn't it? I'm not putting it down to any one thing. Uh, but, but I guess if people want to look at it all, they can, def- they can definitely find trends. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, we're f- our famous, um, success in recruitment, um, perhaps could come up under a little bit of scrutiny um, because, it, you know, um, 
we're supposed to be getting people who are going to be able to um, be available. Uh, and and it's, so it's probably a mixture of misfortune and 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 uh, and a, a stubborn desire on the club's part to stick to whatever strategy they have. But just to tease that out a little bit further, there's still some time left. And whereas, like I said last week, you and I were, you know, people are, are, are wasting their time. Nothing's going to happen here. Now it feels as if it's kind of necessary. Um, and where I, I do get the idea of waiting for the right player, and that's very much what Jurgen's been, been, been saying, but he has also let it slip that he'd like someone in or would like to get somebody in. Um, for me, it's a, an absolute necessity at this stage, Jan. And I, like, I don't want to sound dramatic. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that way inclined. I don't think either of us do that sort of, um, extreme drama thing at all. We tend to be kind of calm looking at stuff, but it feels absolutely necessary. And surely we have a list that's a few players deep. And if we were to go down to the third or fourth option, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, and we, we could do that and pull the trigger on that and get it over the line, even just at this stage, to arrest the sort of bad feeling around the place. Maybe it might just be a little boost. I don't know, Jan, but I just feel really as as though it's absolutely essential now. Not like in previous seasons where I was saying, if we don't get a defender, it's possibly a little bit negligent because we could win this league. This now feels like if we want if we want to rescue the season, if we want to make sure we have Champions League football and go deep in the Champions League itself this season, I think it needs to be done now. It feels that urgent. Um, your thoughts? No, it, it it looks that way, Trevor. I mean, even if you look at at, at the younger players, um, obviously Curtis Jones, that we haven't seen this season yet, but we bought Cavalier and we got Elliot, uh, but they need help. And, and I go back to my own time. Uh, when it was the likes of Jamie Redknapp and Steve McManaman when he came into to midfield, and John Barnes and me played and helped them along, and and that's what they're looking for. I mean, Elliot on Monday was lost because there was no one there to look out for him. There was no one to give him a hand, and then all of a sudden, you know, people are criticizing all our signs and going, "What's the point in signing these?" Well, there's there's, there's a point because they're both very very talented, aren't they? But they need help. So the only thing that slightly worries me is that. The season with all the, the sense of half injuries, and I think the final straw was West Ham away uh, in January, and then we went out and signed two centre halves. Subsequently, uh, we took the boy, uh, Kabak, uh, what was his name, the Turk? Uh, Kabak, yeah, Kabak, and we took the boy Davis uh, from mm-hmm. Preston, and that was sort of our response to being forced to sign somebody. Outside the sort of what we normally do, isn't it? You know, with Watson, we know exactly who he wants, isn't it? Uh, but I just think that there is enough midfield players. I guess the club's problem right now is that. So what is it that we want? I guess it's a. I guess it's more like a number eight. It's like an all-round midfield. I think we want, isn't it? I don't think it's a specific number six defensive midfield player. I think we more want like an all-round midfield player. So somebody can play in that eight, probably a bit like Jordan Henderson in his prime. You can play in that eight, but also sit in the six when he when he has to. But I also think it's important that whoever we sign will be in the starting eleven whenever he's back, that he's good enough to get into our strongest eleven when we have everybody back. And I think that's the challenge for the club right now, isn't it? Uh, to try and find somebody, uh, somebody like that. 
I'm sure, I mean, I've been abroad all week, so I haven't really followed in terms of the transfer rumours, but I'm sure there would have been a list as long as you're arm off midfield players that the fans feel they can do a job or do better than what we got. And, and, and I fully support that. You, uh, this is where I was going to go with it just briefly as well, because again, it's there's very limited value, I think, Jan, to us um, speculating about individual potential players, especially if, as I suspect, nothing will happen. Uh, it just seems like dead air, waste of time. But I have seen, you know, there's people like Nunes being linked, and I think it's adding to the panic as well. I don't know how you feel about this. That other clubs are still throwing money left, right, and center and getting recruitment uh, done at this stage. There are people joining clubs everywhere. Um, and it makes you then, I, I, it definitely adds the anxiety people are inclined to be anxious about getting this uh, problem addressed. And you see someone like um, the Atletico uh, Madrid guy, Llorente, I think he scored a couple against us um, in that unfortunate tie in the Champions League um, being linked. And this is, I'm picking up on what you said there. I'm not 100% sure that if we have everybody fit, he, he starts, but he's certainly good enough to come in probably and do at least a better job than some of the current people we have. And I, I, I'm thinking as well that realistically, that's kind of where our target is going to be, that sort of level. A lad who is either very young and upcoming, uh, we'll probably pay through the nose for, especially if we're buying from within the Premier League or England, or a guy who is been knocking around for a few years, 26, 27, 28, and is proven to be a decent operator. And again, we'll probably overpay for whoever that is if we go and do that business. I don't see the club because we famously we're going to wait for Jude Bellingham if that ever happens next year. Um, that's infuriating for fans as well. And you know that. So uh, for me, it's probably going to be one of those two types of category. Uh, and again, I, I agree with you completely. It's going to be someone who can do that eight role because we have Henderson who can, um, spell in for, for Fabinho if needs be. Um, although that didn't go awfully well, uh, necessarily at the weekend. What would you see as probably more likely going for an up and comer or does he go and try and get a safe pair of hands? I mean, put your manager hat on. Um, you've had to make these calls yourself when you're doing recruitment. Like if you're in Jurgen's situation now, what do you want? Do you want a, a kind of an old stage or, a, or a, not quite a veteran, but an experienced fella um, who should be able to just get on? Or do you want an up and comer who has all that potential energy and talent, but is still not quite there? No, I think it's a pair of safe hands we're after. You know, I think we go, we, we, we go slightly beyond what we normally do in terms of the CV of the players that we're normally interested in, you know, and, 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 and we have a 10 signed players or 24 or younger. But I think we go above that and we look and we sign between 24 and 28. Somebody who's been a little bit round the block, knows the game, has never had that massive big breakthrough, but has all the qualities that club, and you mentioned Lorenzi there, uh, physically strong, quick, there's a goal in and there's another thing, isn't it, Trevor? Goals, mm -hmm. we haven't even discussed goals or lack of goals or where's our goals coming from, isn't it? So all those things, I'm not saying it's going to be him. I mean, am I a fan of Yuri Tielemans? You know, I, I kind of, every time I watch him play, I enjoy the way he plays. 
could I see him coming to Anfield and, and helping us? Yes, yes, I could. Um, so I'm after the safe pair of hands. I'm after somebody who can go straight in. Uh, ideally, somebody who's got a Premier League experience, which obviously limits it uh, to the players that you can possibly be interested in, isn't it? But I just wonder, because we're so specific in the way that we do transfers, whether we whether we are involved in another... You know, we go, we want Bellingham. So in 12 months' time, we're going to go all out for Bellingham. But does that mean that are we still inquiring about other people? Have we got the irons in the fire? And that's what I'm thinking now. You mentioned other clubs. So by that, you're talking about Chelsea, you're talking about Manchester United, where the clubs that are still busy. And they are one day involved in one deal, nothing happens. But then the next day, they involve another deal. And is that because they're busy, they're talking to clubs, and then, then they're keeping things, uh, they keep things sort of warm, you know. Whereas we, we kind of have this thing is that in and out, and then we're, we're not interested. And is that maybe a mistake at a time like this? Would it have been good that we maybe already spoken to five or six clubs uh, and spoken to the representatives of five or six different players, so we kind of know? Or do you feel, Trevor, that right now we're at a stage that should be? Should we want to sign a player that we almost have to start from 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 scratch uh, because it's not part of our of our long term strategy? You know, have we not been? I mean, I can't be hundred percent sure whether I'm right or wrong, isn't it? But sometimes there's nothing wrong with being busy, is it? Speaking to people, you know, being all over things and hearing and what do you think and and you know something might fall your way. I don't know. It seems to me very much like that's how. Things used to be. Uh, United take it to extremes. I think their approach seems almost a little bit scattershot. Um, I don't see any strategy, but it's the busyness angle that I, I really appreciate that take on it. That's where I'm looking to and I'm saying, surely we have uh, people who are constantly in contact with high-level agents and players and monitoring availability. And I know we have our lists uh, of people that, you know, are the right type. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. I get that. And, you know, it's worked very well for us over the years. So I suppose what I'm just saying is what the way I put it to you a few minutes ago is like, why, if we are, and if we are busy, uh, and we've been busy, uh, and we're maintaining those relationships and contacts, Surely there's someone who's three, four, five notches down from our top man who we could take now who wouldn't represent um, a terrible calamity in terms of going back and how we operate. And then again, I, what do I know, Jan? I mean, what do yeah, I know? Trevor, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with stepping outside what you normally do, is it? You know, we've been very pure. We've been very professional over the years. And we look back on every... Almost deal we've done, isn't it? And, and, and we haven't had our fingers burned in, in many of them, isn't it? But, but you know, sometimes, and I, I look at things, and obviously, the Eric Cantona one is a famous story, isn't it? Where Alex Ferguson is, is talking to Lisa about something totally different, isn't it? And Cantona falls at his feet. And I guess a little bit like, listen, I, I wouldn't assign Casemiro for Liverpool, but, but, but I guess Manchester United being busy is probably how they came across that deal. And because of what they need right now, it seems like a good deal, isn't it? And am I saying I want the same from Liverpool? Yeah, probably a little bit in that we're speaking to people, we're hearing things and something might just fall or somebody might say, listen, you know, we're a bit short for money, you know, we got this and go, wow, I didn't even realise he was available or 
he was on our list or whatever. It? So, yeah, I think I think it'd be nice to get a player in before deadline day. Uh, I know there's I know there's two games before deadline day, and we play Bournemouth and Newcastle, but that should have nothing to do with recruitment. They should still be able to do their job business. So, uh, I, I can't guarantee what's this space. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I think in the end. The biggest problem, Trevor, and I can see you laughing there, is the, it's 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 how we do our due diligence that probably stop us signing somebody, isn't it? Because what we might be forced to do between now and deadline day is it's not how we normally do businesses, and I, I've got a feeling that that might be the one thing that makes the club step away and go, we don't view this as a good deal long term. Yeah, and if that is the case, I think we might be looking at one of those seasons where we're hoping that the Champions League is a source of uh, joy and uh, 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 optimism and maybe we just have to accept that uh, it's going to be one of them. Uh, uh, It just feels disappointing because it feels a little bit, I've said this to you before, I know it probably sounds spoiled or entitled, but it feels a little bit like missed opportunities at this fantastic era for the club with this fantastic leader and Klopp um, and all these great players that we're not augmenting in the way that the augmenting the team in the way that we possibly could be and watching that succession and keeping everyone on their toes. It just feels a little bit like we're a little bit restricted in that. And just one other final sort of mildly negative thing. I mean, we, you and I have always had, like to have a laugh at, um, at the uh, the the goings on uh, at at United since we started the show and and it's been a source of, of of great amusement at times and God I feel like we've given them a leg up Jan because now they've got Casemiro in as well um, they've got that um, forward uh, section of the team looking very sharp with people to come off the bench as well. Uh, they've got the, the 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 defense is interesting. I think we made Martinez look good as well, which was really upsetting for me. You know that that, that this guy managed to emerge looking like a, a world beater after we had been saying it's not a clever piece of recruitment for the Premier League. We didn't upset him at all. Um, so do you do you feel that there's actually a team there that that that, that something could emerge for them that they could actually kick on now and do well um with, with that could have been the, the the little trigger for um ten Hag to really get a, a bit of a run going there I certainly agree that it's very positive for them how quickly that has turned around when you look at the first two games uh but 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 obviously beating liverpool is 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 always a good cure. Uh, and you mentioned Casemiro, so that's a feel-good factor. All of a sudden now, they're not desperate for him to start when they play Salah on Saturday. He can even leave him, leave him on the bench, isn't it? There's a bit of credit in the bank. Uh, the, the, the two front guys, Sancho and, and Rashford, who really struggled both getting goals. So all that makes it makes it look good. I am still nowhere near looking at the team I feel I can trust. You know, the one thing we always said about our team. I'm still nowhere near that with Manchester United. They ran as far as they had to to beat Liverpool. And they ran hard. And you saw towards the end in the Trevor Lion, everywhere they were with cramp. But they gave everything. Will they do the same when they when they now play Southampton and Leicester away? I don't know. I'm still not convinced that all is well in, 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 in that squad. I still think there's a lot of work. And I think Ten Hag 
I think Ten Hag knows that. I think he needed a result like that, desperately. Mm. Mm. But I still think he knows that this isn't about to get better to the standards that we require. I still think there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, well, uh, that's at least something <laughs> to take from it. Uh, look, the big story today and something that we can kind of focus on, I, maybe I'm wrong, yeah, but I, I have this feeling that it's going to be one of those seasons. And No, I, I what think are you our, talking about now, Trevor? No, surely not. I, 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 but in a positive way, I've got a positive You're not, You're not seeing ghosts in the Champions League draw, are you, Trevor? I'm not, but I, that's where I'm going because I, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe this is the year that we just get that seven trophy over the line and we're a bit mercurial in the in the Premier League up and down. I really want to get your take on on the groups, which just happened a, what, an hour or two before we've done it. Uh, the 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 um the show here, and it, there's a couple of very interesting groups, but you know what I'm going to say. Let's just start with the. We'll we'll finish with Liverpool's group. Let's just start with the with the most predictable thing of the night is Group G, isn't it? Look at that Manchester City group: Sevilla, Dortmund, Copenhagen. Now Dortmund aren't in exactly the finest of form. Sevilla, okay, and Copenhagen. I'm not sure uh, how good that side is at the moment. Um, but for City, they must be thinking. All right, that's uh, that's not a bad group at all, uh, and they always seem to get a favourable draw. It's a remarkable thing. Some of the other ones are very interesting: um, the Bayern, Barca, Inter Milan, and poor Victoria Pilsen. That's a good one, uh, very exciting one to think of. There should be some great games there: Porto, Atletico, Leverkusen, Bruges. Interesting as well. Tottenham have um, Frankfurt, uh, Sporting, and Marseille. Uh, the Chelsea one with Milan and Salzburg and Dino and Dino Zagreb. I'm sure um, Milan and Chelsea are kind of licking their lips there. Real, Leipzig, Shakhtar, Celtic. And then there's PSG, Juve, Benfica and Maccabi Haifa. That's an interesting one too. Obviously, I'm saving the best, best for last. Um, what did you make of our draw, Jan? Ajax, freaking Napoli and Rangers. Um I was I was happy we got Ajax. Uh could do it at Rangers. Uh Napoli I don't like because they're always sort of stressful games, not always the nicest place to go for the fans as well, theoretically, uh, in terms of great reputation their fans. But it should be an, a doable group, um <laughs> if we recover some form. What did you make of it? And what was your takeaway from the draw overall? Well, the thing with Ajax, we never quite know, do we? Uh, because there's always a big turn turnover of players, and they've lost some on paper some really, really good players, and there might be even more to go before the deadline. So we don't quite know. But what we do know is that they're very good at replacing players, and they've obviously got a new manager in place. So Ajax will be Ajax. They'll be young, uh, they'll be brave, energetic, uh, and exciting to watch. But they'll give you a chance. And even when they come to Anfield, if you give them an opportunity to play, they'll play. Mm. Napoli. Napoli is interesting because this is a new Napoli, Trevor, isn't it? You know, Insigne, Dries Mertens, Koulibaly, who's gone to Chelsea, uh, all out through the door, uh, brought in a younger group of, of, of players, uh, got off to a rocking start in Serie A. And it's always a difficult place to go. We're in a beautiful part of Italy. 
the home of the pizza, Trevor. What more do you want, isn't it? But I would, I would, I'd be a bit careful being out after ten o'clock. Uh, but yeah. Napoli would be Napoli would be tricky, I think. Uh, you know, and then Rangers. I mean, it's a great. That's a great draw, Trevor, isn't it? Rangers is a great draw. They're going to be two belting games. I mean, you know, we're on a we're on a different level in terms of quality to Rangers, uh, but still. Rangers, Scottish football, they have that fighting spirit and I guess this is all they wanted, wasn't it? Mm. It's all they wanted. You know, we want somebody from the Premier League. Well, who do you want? Well, there's only one club you really want, isn't it? So Rangers, Liverpool are going to be two belting games. We'll be okay. Uh, I have no doubt that we'll be okay in that group. Uh, but I think it's 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 a great group and if you're a fan of travel, I mean, obviously Glasgow is an easy travel, isn't it? Amsterdam is a, is, 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 is a great city, isn't it? So, That'd be a bit of fun, isn't it? But I think it would be okay. Yeah, I was I, I was thinking that myself. I had a personal hope that we'd get um, AC Milan because I never actually have gotten to the San Siro and I was hoping to go this season if we could if we draw them. Maybe it might happen later in the competition because it looks like they'll probably get out of their group. Um, the Glasgow thing, yeah, absolutely. Again, I'd have preferred Celtic just for the sake of it. But yeah, I, I, I they're, pref- they're, they're kind of our club, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, a bit but, more of it. but I guess, I, I guess, if you're looking for the better draw, you know, and 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 we have to be cynical about it. Um, hopefully that will work out in our favour. Um, and yeah, Amsterdam might be the trip that I'll make instead. And 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 I look for, I'm really looking forward to this competition, Jan, because I, I just have this sort of not sinking feeling, but a, a sort of a. I've got a bit of a premonition that you know that this is going to be where we have to focus our attention this year. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we rally and I hope we do really well in the league and and maybe challenge. But um, I I I have a good feeling about Europe this season, so I'm looking forward to that. In terms of the uh, the game at the weekend, and we should sort of focus our attention at the end here, back towards that. Um, obviously we take on Bournemouth, and look. Uh, the table is, is is a bit depressing at the moment. They are actually ahead of us in it in terms of uh, in terms of uh, their position um, with uh, us in 16th and them in 15th. And I know it means solid all at this stage, but I want to just have a quick look at them. You were talking earlier on about how, why you thought this might be an ideal game for us uh, to be playing them and, and I, I, uh, to be playing this lot. So I'd like to, I'd like to break that down with you in their last. Everything. So sorry, I'll just go through the results so far for for folks who haven't paid attention specifically. Um, on the sixth of August, they got a two nil win uh, under their belt at home to Stevie Gerrard's Aston Villa, and City spanked them four nil um, at City uh, the following week. And then last time out, they got another spanking, this time by Arsenal, three um, nil uh, at home for Bournemouth in that case. And I think they went into the EFL Cup next round after beating Norwich, um, uh, I think, uh, last night. So they've had a very mixed bag. Uh, two wins, two losses, including that Cup game. And last time out um, against um, Arsenal, when they got beat 3-0, they had uh, Travers and Golds, uh, Mepham, Senesi and Kelly across as a, as a back three. Smith and Pearson on the flanks, uh, Jefferson Lerma uh, behind uh, Zamora and Tavernier, and then you had um, Moore and Billing 
up top and you look at their bench and they've got Lewis Cook there who's been around for a while, Ryan Christie, same, uh, Mark Condes, Neto, Jack Stacey, Jamal Lowe, um, Siriki Dembele, James Hill and Jaden Anthony who came on the last game as well. And I don't want, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be in any way dismissive, but they're going to struggle with that squad, Jan. It's not strong enough, in my opinion, at all. I, I think I think they're going to be on the end of a lot of um, high-scoring uh, defeats. And and it, it just doesn't look like a strong enough all-round squad. I'm looking at what they've got on the bench. I'm looking at that team that they went out against Arsenal with. Um, what are your take on, what's your take on them as a side? Uh, and you can build up to maybe what do you think they're they're going to have enough staying power um, to 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 keep in this division even at this early stage because that doesn't seem very strong to me. No, I thought they did really well last year uh, to, to to get promoted to finish second and they gave it a really good run, managed to get really close to Fulham uh, in the end. So well done to Scott Park. They haven't really strengthened. You look at that squad and you go, who is it you hang your hat on here? to be able to do a bit in the Premier League. But I think the biggest problem they got is that they haven't got a way of playing. I always compare them to when Sheffield United came up a few years ago and we looked at that squad and we went, there's only one place they're going, they're going straight back down. But they had a way of playing. They had a way of fe- making you feel uncomfortable. Bournemouth don't. Bournemouth make you feel comfortable. You want to play against Bournemouth because they allow you to play. Uh, they're a nice football team. Whether they'll come to Anfield and play with three centre-halves again, I, I don't know. They were all over the place uh, against Arsenal, defending with, with, with the three centre-halves. The only plus they've got, they scored a lot of goals last year. Solanke, well, we, of course, we know he could be t- returning. He's missed the first few games with an ankle injury, so he could be coming back into the team. That won't be enough either. Uh, so, hence the reason that before I said, I feel that this is a almost like a fix that you could have handpicked when you want to get yourself out of trouble, when you want to be able to play a bit of football, uh, even in a situation where you might think that, you know, with Bobby Firmino not really showing up, Cavalier could possibly play in, 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 in a false number nine because of the way that, that, that Bournemouth plays. So there is some possibilities that you don't have to be overly concerned with the way that play. Having said all of that, you know, great win against Aston Villa, isn't it? But very poor in the two games that follow I'd love to see to focus on 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 what Liverpool are going to do to engage with this particular challenge. I'd love to see um, a bit of bravery um, and a bit of maybe risk taking going on here. I don't think this is the time now to double down on this. You know the the old the old guard. I, 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 there's the possibility the manager will will stubbornly do that, but. In terms of what I'm trying to get at here, I'd like to see something like what you suggested, that maybe we might give Carvalho a start. I think uh, the other young man, um, Harvey Elliott, did more than enough to justify another start. Uh, I, I like, I, look, if, if this is the way things are going, why not do that? But here's my problem, Jan. I, I, I'm nervous now because I'm trying to think of what 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 he's going to do in that midfield situation because... There must be a reason why he didn't start Fabinho. Um, I'm not clear on it. I don't. I haven't heard any proper uh, info on it. Um, it was interesting actually to see uh, 
his missus was uh, tweeting during the game about how she missed him already, you know, in the, in that game. Uh, his presence on the pitch, I, I mean. So I can only assume that he starts, uh, and uh, it, it's 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 going to be probably, isn't it? It's probably going to be one of uh, the two uh, more veteran lads uh, in Henderson and Milner plus a another. But I I think the time is right now for risk taking, and I'd like to see somebody getting a chance in midfield, and I'd like to see somebody getting a chance maybe in the in, instead of Bobby Firmino. I don't know how far off Jota is. Um, I don't think he's going to be ready for this game, but it feels like the time to take a chance, Jan. Do you know what I mean? I, I, it feels like the time to be brave and to try and play our way, but maybe change up the personnel so that we do a better job of it. If Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's always a big gamble, isn't it? And, and, and the one benefit that Klopp has that we don't is he sees the lads in training every day. Uh, and and there will, would have been lads in training who would have, you know, really pushing for the starting places. And then there's other players who are just bogged down a little bit by, I guess, the mood, because the mood down at the new training ground can't be the best. I know what it's like. I've been a player myself. It's a rotten place to be, isn't it, when things are not going the way that you expect them to go, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm I'm fully with you in that. You know, we're obviously a bit short on what we can do, isn't it? But, you know, Robbo is another one, isn't it? Simicas is there, isn't it? You know, there's another one you could maybe give a little bit of a, of a chance where he brings something totally different, isn't it? Uh, but but I wouldn't be against trying things and just see if we can live and stroke freshen things up a little bit, isn't it? And you know, get the fans on side as well, is it? Because the fans have got a little bit more patient with with younger players as well, haven't they? So, but it's it's very rarely we say this, Trevor. In that, I'm really looking forward to see what the starting eleven is. Normally, we kind of go wherever the man picks, he'll be right. If he wants to play them eleven, we support it, isn't it? But, for the game on Saturday, it's really interesting to see what he actually comes up with and how brave uh, he's. It's not the right word to say he's prepared to be, isn't it? But you know, because he is a very brave man, is the best of times. But it will be be interesting. Yeah, it sure will. Uh, I've, I already feels like there's a lot riding on. Like the Manchester United game felt like a must-win, a, a stupidly early part of the season. Um, that didn't work out so well. So hopefully, as you say, we get things back on the right track uh, and k- keep it between the hedges, as they say, uh, around this part of the world. I want to let you go. Uh, we're getting at the top of the hour. So let me get a feel for you, from you about uh, how, and, and again, in the context of this being one of the weirdest, if not the weirdest spell that we've had doing the show. Obviously, we had that period you alluded to earlier on um, where things just fell apart in the middle of a season and um, there was a few sort of, uh, there was a massive crisis in terms of defenders and injuries and all that. But that season ended on a high. Um, it It was a wonderful achievement in the end. And we managed to get some great players back into the team and we were looking at Thiago every week and it was all exciting. So that bad patch was, was kind of hidden. This is at the start. So it's kind of inducing panic. And normally, like the prediction part of it, I mean, man, you were just knocking these things out of the park in terms of even not getting close to the score. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, even you must be sort of starting to go, what do I say here? So what do you reckon? The Bournemouth game, how do you see it go for uh, the Reds in terms of uh, result? It, it, it is difficult, Trevor. I mean, because as I said before, I don't think our flow and rhythm is just around the corner. 
You know, I don't think that we're, we're going to turn up in the next two home games and go, wow, the boys are back. I wouldn't rule out that we win both uh, because we're very strong at home. We have power. Uh, and, and I think that will certainly be enough on Saturday. That power that we've got at home uh, will be enough. Uh, I'm not suggesting, I mean, City beating 4 and it could have been 6 or 7, same with Arsenal. I'm not suggesting that we're going to do the same, but I still think we'll win. And I think we'll win soon now. I will take that. I would take that now and bite your hand off. Um, as ever, Jan, we've covered a multitude, so uh, I appreciate your uh, patience with the with the long rambling questions because it just feels like I want to set them up so we can get the best information for you. And apologies for the crappy camera angle. I'll have my shit together better next time. <laughs> but for another show, thanks very much. It's a difficult time, Trevor, isn't it? Because also, you know, when can we expect to be back to our best? We're governed by injuries, aren't we? We need players back, so it's going to take time, isn't it? But now is not the time to lose the faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. Write it out and uh, stay positive. This man will. I will. Uh, we will be back next week to talk to you about it all over again. Good luck. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.